wondering what's a buzz tune into leaders podcast by people who lead an initiative to widen your horizons and awaken the leader within you an exclusive podcast by people who lead hi i am prachi jain i am an hr professional and i also support the people who lead initiative i'll be your host for today i'm very excited to bring to you another episode of leaders podcast with a very special person adeep joshi adeep is a crackerjack in the field of learning and organizational design he is a leader possessing 10 years of experience into learning he comes with refreshing perspectives with respect to coaching business leaders as well Adeep welcome to the podcast Thank you Prashant pleasure to be here So to begin with Adeep we will have two sections to the podcast first being the spill out wherein you'll be pouring your heart out and in the second section we will have deep dive which will be deep diving into your domain of expertise so are you ready for it Absolutely So let's begin So Adit just to know more about your background as and your experience what has been the greatest success for you in life and the inspiration you've had from it So Prachi I think in my perspective uh, one factor that has contributed significantly to uh, my inspiration is a quote that uh, many years ago my father had shared with me uh, over the dinner table uh, the quote is spend more to learn more to earn more at that point of time i was obviously in school so i didn't realize the full uh, potential or the significance of that quote but it was not until i entered my uh, corporate career and i was into my first assignment into learning and development that i truly understood what that quote really means so essentially the way i look at it is uh, it's all about getting to know yourself first understanding your own strengths uh, your preferences your stresses motivators etc um and what happened is as my career began i started putting that quote into practice so essentially what that meant is i started uh, self sponsoring myself into different training programs different opportunities to upskill myself which basically meant that over a period of time uh, my competence improved uh, because of the fact that i was self sponsoring myself the motivation to actually come back and do something about it in the workplace was sky high So naturally uh, after coming back to the workplace when i implemented it there were some successes there were some failures as well but over a period of time uh, competence improves and when that does eventually respect from your colleagues usually follows suit which then leads you into which then sets you up into success or that sets you up for success in the sense that it allows you to volunteer for larger newer projects thus increasing your exposure in the uh, in the assignment and as a result of which it also improves your depth of experience so that's my take on uh, something that has really inspired me and that still continues to inspire me to this day thank you prachi oh that's really great the quote really is a good one that your father has given you i'll surely note this from my experience so uh, adit when i reading some article somewhere it is clearly said stated by george evans that every person learns just not on the same day or the same way so everybody's learning styles is very different so as you have moved across industries i'm very curious 
learning styles and imparting of training varies absolutely so i think uh, to begin with every organization has uh, a very different learning culture and although the word is typically used to mean very different things in different organizations so learning styles and the imparting of training programs really varies according to the organization's philosophy of where learning and development stands in the overall scheme of things so typically if you see the the straight answer to that is learning styles are uh, typically of the following four kinds so some people are visual learners some people are auditory learners some people are kinesthetic learners so the preference for either of these styles depends on the experience that a person has got and how he or she prefers to really learn so that's how learning styles vary and this is something that is common across organizations and this is something which still cuts across industries imparting of trainings is is a different subject so typically what happens is the extent to which training programs happen the rigor with which they happen and most importantly the quality of programs that happen and whether or not internal and external employees are encouraged to become facilitators become internal trainers on different subjects it all depends on the extent to which the organization's leadership is really oriented towards learning for mm-hmm. many organizations uh, the fact that learning style varies and the important the imparting of training programs also varies also means that in different organizations there are different ways in which training programs are delivered so in quite a few organizations you see that we have uh, uh, impaneled or we have tied up with different organizations to then come into our organization as our strategic training partners so they are the ones who really uh, look after the operational elements of training programs certain elements especially in these times where most of the training programs are now shifting online we have seen a huge boost in the extent to which MOOCs or massively open online courses as we call it have also been popularized so especially for those organizations which are very very matrixed which have a very diverse uh, spread across geographies we also see one thing in common that the usage of learning management systems or lmss has also been very popular so i think those are the different ways in which uh, learning styles vary and imparting of training programs varies across organizations back to you so true so uh, every generation when we see in the workplace creates a own commotion and current generation we see is me before we kind of an approach so i know you as a person to be a master into changing this from we before me how do you do this so i think prachi it's all about uh, the mentality with which a person uh, which a person basically carries in the organization so me before we is really a syndrome it's a it's a mindset that a person carries it mainly refers to the intention or the tendency of a person to upskill himself or herself many times at the expense of the team so uh, i'm 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 actually recalling uh, patrick lencioni's famous five step model of uh, development which he has written extensively about in one of his books it all starts with uh, trust which follows uh, which is followed by conflict then commitment then accountability and then results so the me before we approach really talks about the last step in that pyramid which is results or as pat calls it the inattention to results so it's essentially where uh the person tends to prioritize his or her own development over the development of the team or perhaps sometimes at the expense of the organization the reverse or the flip side is when you say we before me it's where you jointly decide what the team goals are 
and therefore develop people in accordance with this so it's really a mindset shift that has to happen if an organization is to do well in these times active so true Uh, so adit i also happened to read one part in the business standard which is a recent research which says that shelf life of skills are nowadays only 2 to 3 years what are your views on this absolutely i i couldn't agree more uh, with that statement uh, once uh, you know back in the day it was believed that uh, skills by and large did not vary they did not change they pretty much remain constant over a period of time now with the amount of upheaval that is going on in the across the globe and especially in the economic cycle skill sets definitely are changing uh, every 2 to 3 years uh, there is a recent study by deloitte human capital trends uh, for 2020 which also underscores the fact that skills typically now have a shelf life of not more than 3 years so which means that it is now becoming more and more imperative that organizations need to become even more committed to reskilling or upskilling of employees which means that even during these difficult covid times where many organizations are now in fact in the process of cutting costs or of optimizing costs the role of learning and development will be even more pronounced because people will have to be upskilled for the upcoming upswing which will even which will inevitably follow in the economic cycle so some organizations have already realized this we have been reading about it extensively in the newspapers um we call them the visionaries who have actually realized that we need to really prepare our human capital for the next upswing which is going to follow soon and have invested very heavily into upskilling their employees and so on a side note i would like to also mention that this is where the commitment of the senior leadership team in the organization will truly be seen and this is where they'll be truly tested because many a times it is easy to fall prey to short term gains at the expense of long term visions or long term business objectives So that's my view on it. Back to you. Great. So taking this long-term visions ahead, let's move to our second section of the podcast, which is the deep dive. In this section, I would expect you to give me more uh, details about the experiences you've had and about the domain of learning and coaching, so that our listeners can know how they can enter this profession and make it a self-made one for themselves. So, are you ready for it? Absolutely. So, Adit, in what way can a person enter in the domain of learning or coaching? All right. So, a few perspectives that I would like to share here. So, uh, the way in which you enter the learning and development profession will possibly be very different from the way you enter the coaching profession. So, to start mm-hmm. off with, for somebody who wants to enter into L and D, the person can simply seek opportunities after spending some time in the L and D function or the HR function specifically. or be asked to transfer to the lnd function if the organization system organization systems uh, support it or allows for it uh, so essentially it also helps to be certified in a few lnd related courses which can either happen offline or online nowadays uh, so mm-hmm. that's how you enter lnd uh, assuming that the person who wants to get into this profession is already having a background of hr to begin with for okay. coaching you don't really need a specific background so you can be as uh, diverse as educational opportunities can come by it's a completely different ball game 
typically new entrants into the world of coaching or executive coaching specifically have a whole array of organizations to choose from from which they can pursue their coaching certification this really exposes them to the mechanics and the nitty gritties of coaching how do you approach clients what are some of the things to be kept in mind while actually having a coaching conversation with them etc so it's it's a mindset shift and a skill set development as well when you get into coaching so the the point is that you can effectively enter coaching and make and set yourself up for success once you do a proper coaching certification again it can be online or offline uh one of the most well known organizations today is the ICF International Coach Federation which mm-hmm. accredits bodies across the globe and they are usually a very good and safe bet to get your journey started now if you are a subject matter expert who is not belonging to the HR fraternity and if mm-hmm. you are wanting to get into the L&D space then you have a couple of options so the first thing will be to really determine what are you good at so what are the skills that you bring to the table what are some of the courses or programs that you can deliver it it mm. is then helpful to then be affiliated or accredited uh with some either training firm or any other organization which then actually consults with other organizations or other corporates and then if mm. and then eventually over a period of time you can then get into this stream full time by becoming a trainer on that particular subject so it can be technical it can be non technical so it's really um, the that way in which a person who does not have any background into human resources can get into the lnd profession so that's my take on it back to you okay so since you mentioned that lnd and coaching both are different even the way to go and pursue them is totally different so what are the various profiles a person can work within both these streams so i think so the profiles will change depending on the experience level that a person brings uh, to the table so new entrants for example into the lnd space typically start off as lnd administrators or coordinators where the profile is typically operational uh, it, it focuses mostly on uh, compliances with uh, norms of either the organization or quality norms which the organization may be following and the focus is mostly on administering or uh, assessing uh, or helping with other training firms who actually would be coming into the organization and delivering programs so that's how you really get started now with experience the person can move away from the operational elements into semi strategic or strategic roles which can involve things like setting up the lnd strategy linking the lnd strategy to other elements of hr like performance management talent management od initiatives even recruitment for that matter and and then setting up the organization for success uh, in the days and months to come there are a variety of certifications within lnd which the person can get certified on and perhaps also over a period of time assume the role of an internal trainer on different topics in behavioral skills or anything else uh, one more thing for coaching one viewpoint or depending on the viewpoint of the leadership team within that organization the organization can in fact choose to send a few people from that company to get certified internally as coaches or master coaches who can then act as multipliers within the organization so they in turn can then certify other people across the organization and that will help in developing a coaching culture as it is called so which is very commonly seen in large matrix organizations which are spread across geographies and continents uh, mm-hmm. having said 
important to note that coaching can take on different forms so while the coaching sometimes used uh, interchangeably and sometimes a little loosely as well the form of coaching can differ from organization to organization so we can talk about either day to day coaching or performance coaching career coaching executive coaching so it can have different forms depending on what the organization really wants to do so that's my view view point on it back to you so uh, am i right in saying that coaching is not everyone's cup of tea so if one enters the domain what it teaches them and how what is the scope ahead of coaching yes you are absolutely right prachi so coaching is not everyone's cup of tea uh, you know one thing that i would like to share is it has become a a new buzzword in today's times uh, because it sounds very nice and very attractive uh, having said that like i mentioned earlier coaching is first a mindset and then a skill set and that is why it is not everyone's cup of tea so let me explain what i mean so many organizations mistakenly believe that sending a few senior people away to get certified in coaching is a very good idea because they have the experience uh, they have hopefully the competence of implementing it across the organization well now this need not always be the case because like you mentioned earlier learning appetites and learning motives of people can be very different so here's where the we before me approach is going to be absolutely crucial because provided you have chosen the right employee to go forward and get certified and come back and then deliver or help spread the learning culture across the organization this is where it can really make or break the coaching initiative so as said before uh, to enter coaching it's first necessary or it's a prerequisite to get certified in a coaching technique from any reputed organization post which you can then begin practice uh, internally that basically teaches you the mechanics the the methodology the the techniques of coaching which you can then over a period of time as the course goes on uh, you will have multiple opportunities to practice it with your fellow colleagues in the coaching class or batch to which you belong to uh, in a low risk environment where you can have the freedom to in fact make mistakes and therefore learn so that is my view point on it and the scope ahead is is very uh, it's a huge scope no doubt because especially in in today's volatile and uncertain times the amount of upheaval that you are seeing in the economic context will really set you up for plenty of opportunities where you will have people who will solicit coaching actively from you provided that you have been doing it sincerely and which then again you know um, sets me up to allude to the we before me approach so it's 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 essentially a service that you do to your coachy and it's not something that really comes with experience it's something that comes first with mindset and then with the skill set back to you prachi so uh, learning appetites motives of people these have been very key messages in this entire podcast from your side so i'm nearing to the end of my podcast but there's one crucial question that comes and which is the key part in this section of the podcast L&D and coaching being manifold what ways can one enter and make it a self-made profession so i think uh, a few things stand out so because L&D and coaching are separate so let me answer this in two uh, separate uh, steps so the way in which you can make L&D into a self-made profession is in my opinion you have to have a strong appetite to upgrade or upskill yourself from time to time Uh, that is something that is going to be uh, serving you very well over a period of time no matter which organization you belong to no matter what background you belong to so whether you are professional or whether you are an SME wanting to get into L&D one tendency that will serve you very well if you want to make L&D as a self-made profession 
is your willingness to really upskill yourself from time to time so with that as a background once you assess what are what are the skills that you bring to the table and once you partner with an organization which can then market those skills ahead and once you start working with organizations that is how you eventually build up competence uh, and uh, and a reputation for being a subject matter expert in that particular domain so that's how lnd can be a self made profession uh, in terms of coaching again depending on uh, what is it that you are really looking to do the straight answer would perhaps be that uh, once you are wanting to make yourself into an independent coach so after you get certified and after you have spent in the required uh, number of hours for getting certified as an accredited coach you can then approach organizations either independently or through uh, some other organization which they may be working with and then really market your the value that you bring to the organization by virtue of being an accredited coach having said that let me also be uh, you know clear enough to mention that coaching can take on different forms so what is your speciality as a coach and where do you really come in so do you help organizations in the perspective of uh, performance coaching is it business coaching is it career coaching that is something that you will have to determine uh, once you get accredited and once you're spending enough number of hours because that is how you will start discovering what are the areas within coaching that you are good at and where you want to partner with the company with I think that's my viewpoint on how you can make coaching into a self-made profession. Back to you, Kachi. So, Adit, you have any last final thoughts for listeners, which you think they can carry out after this podcast? Yes. So, I think uh, one final thought that I would like to leave my listeners with is: um, no matter what field you belong to, and no matter what stream you want to come into in today's times one thing has become very clear that the necessity of every individual to upskill himself or herself has become even more pronounced and now it is not a luxury it is in fact becoming a bare minimum requirement so keep upgrading yourself and there are ways in which you can upgrade yourself doing online courses can be just one of the ways so the whole point is that you have got to have a desire of wanting to upgrade yourself from time to time because the question is really that every individual now has to deal with is do you want to become relevant to the organization and do you want to stay relevant or do you want to become redundant so the only way you in which you can answer that question is if you invest in your own self and keep upgrading yourself from time to time those are my viewpoints on this question back to you Thank you Adit so my listeners keep learning keep growing and explore more avenues for having the needed life and achievements so we'll be continuing with podcast with more such leaders and stay tuned to leaders podcast to know more about different industries different sectors and hear it from the leaders themselves thank you for joining the podcast today